Hello, I'm Corey Stroman. Welcome to the Rochester Rising podcast, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs in Rochester, Minnesota. Thank you for spending some time with us today to learn more about small business and the culture of entrepreneurship in our community. We hope that you learned something today from a local entrepreneur that can help you with your own journey. Rochester Rising is a part of Collider, a Rochester-based nonprofit that activates, connects, and empowers early-stage entrepreneurs in our community. You can learn more about Collider and how our organization can help accelerate and assist your journey at collider.mn. Today on the podcast, we chat with Becca Styles Nagosek and Taylor Nagosek about their property management company and short-term rental business, No-Go Homes. Let's get started. Well, hello, Becca and Taylor. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Hey, thanks for Thank having you us. Much. Awesome. Well, to get started, tell me a little bit about what brought each of you to Rochester and what you say keeps you here. Well, uh, I was originally born and raised here. Um, I just, my family presence is pretty important to me. So I've been kind of all over the country um, as a former touring musician. So I just, Rochester's a great place to live and grow up, so I thought I'll just come back. Like I said, my family's from here, so for sure. For how long were you a touring musician? Um, probably about two and a half years. So okay, on okay. the road majority of the time. So yeah. And how about you? And my story is kind of similar. I grew up on a farm outside of Swartville, and uh, Taylor and I met in high school. Um, after high school, as he said, he went into music and I did entertainment at a resort. And so we kind of both had away from home for the first time experience and stayed in touch as friends. And kind of, uh, one day I came home, he came home, he needed a ride home from the airport and the rest is history. But (laughs) the reason why, um, I stay here, uh, when we kind of had a opportunity to go wherever we wanted to in the country, um, for me, it's the fact that this community has, the connectivity that allows me to be able to now grow my business, but even as a young professional, being able to kind of move through the community um, based on the network that I had as opposed to the paperwork that I had because Mm. I don't have the credentials that I can carry along with me. So I need to have people in the community that are willing to step up for me, which is something I don't take lightly um, and something I really appreciate about being in Rochester. Yeah, absolutely. Both my husband and I have commented before that we couldn't necessarily do the things that we do in Rochester if we weren't in Rochester and didn't have that network of support. So definitely heard that. (laughs) Um, So you touched on this a little bit, but what would you say are your backgrounds in work and education? Well, my background, uh, obviously when I was younger, was music, Mm -hmm. musician background. But um, I went to a trade school for construction. So I deal a lot in... uh, construction work Mm -hmm. Uh, so I I would say I'm um, some I'm very specifically skilled in but I guess you could say I'm the jack of all trades kind of person so I have a pretty good understanding of construction work yeah absolutely 
And for me, I worked in nonprofit uh, as an event professional primarily for about 15 years. And as with a lot of things, uh, that was one of the jobs that wasn't very fun during COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, originally was doing this as a side hustle and kind of had the opportunity to make a decision to bring it full time. Um, but as far as my background goes, um, on the job, hundred percent tried college wasn't for me, dropped out three times. So, um, the reason that I kind of fell into nonprofit, not only because, um, I care for this community deeply, but more fundamentally, it was one of the few places that would hire somebody at that time that, uh, didn't have any education. Mm. So um, that was kind of how I got started in my professional career and learned a whole lot from some of the greatest minds in this community. And I'm extremely grateful for that. Absolutely. Well, what initially sparked both of your interest in kind of property management and short-term rentals? And at one point where you're like, let's make this a business. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh where we live, we had a like a four stall garage, and um, I converted half of that into like a recording studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always in the back of my mind thought, "Wow, you know, I could make a guest house here." And uh, you know, everybody has those ideas and goals in their lives. So I, I remember we took a, a trip to Sweden and Norway yeah. to visit some of my family members, and uh, we stayed at this uh, little Airbnb. Um, and it was like a spitting image of what I thought I wanted to do with uh, my house, my garage in general. I was like, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. So we got back. Um, me and my dad, we got an excavator. We started doing all the the work we needed to do to mm-hmm. make this a guest house. And uh, that's kind of how it started, the first unit. Yeah. So as more as sure. an experiment, you know, we thought, oh, we'll just use this for friends and family. Yeah. <laughs> but like, let's just see what happens. And it was just a huge eye opener. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we were pretty early adopters, I would say, about the homestay as users. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. We stayed in our first uh, short term rental probably in like 2006. Mm-hmm. Um, it was when, uh, you know, before Airbnb was mm-hmm. a, a ubiquitous term. Yeah, totally. And, you know, we had lots of times when we were traveling that we said, like, we could totally do this. Yeah. Why don't we do this? And again, it was um, kind of a COVID catalyst um, where, you know, we had all of a sudden um, kind of more time and money on our mm-hmm. hands than mm-hmm. we had before. Obviously, we weren't able to travel, which is usually where our time and money would go. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of an opportunity to bring this thing that we had talked about for decades um, or a decade to fruition and like Taylor said it kind of started off as like a wouldn't it be cool if we had Mm -hmm. some fun money to be able to you know do date night once a month or something like that Um, and it just kind of took off in a way that we could have never anticipated but a lot of times that's how the coolest stuff happens is you don't go out looking for it it kind of comes looking for you and that was our experience completely. That's amazing. So what is the scope of services that you provide through no-go homes? That's a great question. So we're kind of a top-to-bottom service, um, and uh, we have clients that 
run the gamut of people that live here and have a secondary property. You know, perhaps it was a couple, each individual owned a property. They got married and decided they didn't want to sell the secondary Mm, property, so they rent one out. Uh, We manage for some snowbirds, which is great. So folks that um, leave the area specifically, usually during the winter. Um, And so instead of them having to pay to have somebody take care of their home, um, we take care of it for them and they're able to make money while they travel. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have folks that are pure investors that have uh, know that Rochester is a great place to invest, specifically in real estate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, because of our tourism rates, you know, we're the number one tourist destination in the state, which most people don't know. That is crazy. Um, I did not know. That. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: um, medical tourism is tourism, uh, even though it's just a little different than renting a, a cabin uh, up north or a place on the beach. Yeah. Um, but so we also have clients that don't live in the state, don't live in the country, um, and just kind of want to be more hands off. Um, we also have folks that want to learn the business. Mm-hmm. And so as a way to learn the business, um, we kind of go into sort of a, uh, I like to describe it as sort of a paid internship. So essentially sure. they shadow me uh, mm-hmm. while I do what I do, and then they can make an educated decision if this is something that they want to do on their own or if they want to continue to have a manager. So we're kind of unique in that way that um, you know we're very person-centered, um, which is not always a primary concern, specifically in investments in real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the way we've ran every facet of our lives, and so our business just isn't an exception. And it's worked out so far. So we plan to continue. Super cool. What would you say are some of the challenges or barriers you faced while getting your business started? God, that's a good question. <laughs> Do you have an answer for that? Um, well, at least on my end, dealing with construction and renovations and, you know, the, the permitting process, the the codes, the inspections um, can be a little um, intimidating and daunting. Um but once you, once you kind of get the grasp of that, it's just another page in the book, and you just flip it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that that for me was the hardest um, thing to uh, figure out on my end. Yeah. What about you? I think you know, just any time um, you have the transition from more traditional employment, you know, W two employment, mm-hmm. um, working on getting a, a paycheck on a regular increment mm-hmm. and a set amount um, to being an entrepreneur. Uh, I think there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go with that of, you know, it's it's really easy to come up with a million reasons not to do something. Yep. Mm-hmm. And um, it was it was a challenge to, especially for me to make the decision of, of uh, kind of transitioning to be a full-time entrepreneur. Um, but you know, it's been almost three years now and, um, it's longer than I've worked at some of my W2 jobs, (laughs) which is weird to say because it doesn't feel like it's been that long. And, and, um, our situation has been so unique in as as everyone who comes in here and Mm -hmm. talks to you is. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that makes it beautiful. It's like, we're along for the ride, just like everybody else is. And um, that is in it in and of itself scary, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also I think how the coolest things happen. Like we just kind of 
are connected with people and never kind of know where the punctuation point on the sentence is going to land. Mm -hmm. And even though that that is a little bit of a scary and a daunting thing, especially in, um, you know, the climate that the world is in right now, uh, like I said, it's, it's been working out so far. So we're going to keep doing what we're doing and keep just trying to be good people doing good work and see where it takes us. Yeah. Excellent. So you mentioned that the pandemic was kind of a catalyst for the business itself. Would you say that the pandemic itself provided any challenges to you guys getting started or, or in progressing? Yeah. You know, we were fortunate in that, um, our industry changed dramatically during COVID, which is, um, I think what everybody says, I think the difference is for us, it changed for the better Mm. Um, because we are living obviously in a medical community, vast Mm -hmm. majority Mm -hmm. of the guests that we host are patients um, that are immunocompromised to some degree, whether they're recovering from um, surgery or going through some sort of treatment or their medical professionals themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So sh- the short-term rental industry changed dramatically, not just in Rochester, but I think it was uh, definitely exponentially more impactful in medical communities like sure. Rochester because we had folks that were immunocompromised and weren't able to stay in traditional hotels mm-hmm. and accommodations mm-hmm. because they weren't able to you know, share an elevator with strangers right. or sit in a lobby or stand in a line so they came to short-term rentals because we were able to offer completely contactless check-in and check-out. Yeah. Um, obviously, our um, opportunity for cleanliness uh, mm-hmm. it was really unique. Um, our We have an incredible team of cleaners that uh, basically cleans to hospital grade, which is something that we're really proud of. That's awesome. And something that allowed us to give that experience of staying at home to folks during a very scary time, COVID or not. Um, but what we're seeing now as a trend across the industry is folks kind of came to short-term rentals out of necessity, mm-hmm. but now they're coming back because they see the difference in mm. the accommodations yep. that they get. So um, it was certainly a catalyst for us in it was just kind of right time, right place, mm-hmm. uh, which seems very weird to say about a pandemic. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, um, it was also the, just a really great way for for us to kind of do the best work that we could during that very uncertain time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're seeing the fruits of that labor now, mm-hmm. um, even though things have kind of uh, tempered a little bit. So um, COVID definitely changed our business substantially. Um, but for the most part, it wasn't in negative ways. I mean, a lot of other parts of our life were impacted yeah. <laughs> significantly. Um, but as far as our business goes, you know, it it was an opportunity for us to sort of set the standard in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was also one of my decisions for going entrepreneur full time is, you know, 2021 or at the time was really year one for everybody. We had Mm -hmm. all done this the exact same amount of time. No matter how many years of experience you had in your industry pre-COVID, we had all done post-COVID one time. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of took that as an opportunity to, you know, really kind of write my own script for what post-COVID life was going to be like for me. Um, And for me, that meant being a business owner. Uh, What do you each find most rewarding and enjoyable about your work? You better say me. Uh, well, well, you're one of them, dear. Um, I would say 
uh, when I get finished with a unit or a project, when we're, when we're getting it up and running, and we got all the inspections done, and uh, it just is a, it's a good, it's a good feel when, you know, you had a vision in your mind and it comes to fruition, and there's people that want to stay in it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. I, when we built the first one, I was like, nobody's gonna stay here. It's not cool now. But it was just a, it was quite a hot, popular uh, unit. So, yeah. and it still is today. Mm-hmm. And it was a big eye opener. So it, it kind of gives you a confidence boost. Like I can do this. You yeah. know, the hard work and everything. It came to become something. Yeah. So. And I'm, I'm a connector, I'm a people person, you know, coming from um, human services and nonprofit work. Uh, I think a lot of people would not think that those skills would come in handy in this line of work. Um, but I use them every single day uh, because, you know, folks come to Rochester, not always because they really want to see the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of times it's out of necessity. Um, and they're coming for a reason that is typically very stressful, um, something that is very uncertain. And so for me, it's the opportunity to kind of alleviate some of that stress. Mm -hmm. You know, if one thing that I can do is leave a bag of fresh coffee from uh, our friends at Fiddlehead, can I name drop? Yeah, yeah, of course. (laughs) From our friends at Fiddlehead uh, at a place so the next morning when they get up and get ready for their appointments, they don't have to think about where their coffee is going to come from. That's something that gives me energy and uh, really allows me to feel good about what I do. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also, you know, I joke that I've been telling people where the best dinner in town is and where you can take your dog for a walk for free for years. So, you know, the fact that now I get to make money doing that um, is something that I really enjoy. We love this community desperately. And so the ability to be able to share that with folks that uh, perhaps wouldn't have been able to have that experience in the same way had they not stayed at our places. Um, that's something that is is really fulfilling for me. And, you know, it is nice uh, to now be able to pay my bills. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's always great. Yes. <laughs> it's always it's really, a perk. It's really important to us that uh, people who are coming, at least to Rochester, for patient care, that they don't have to stress about their housing needs right. or anything in it. And we welcome them and make it comfortable and easy for them um, so they can focus on their care. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you have any big plans for the future of Novo Homes? Oh, so many big plans. It's like all we all we have is big plans. <laughs> I wish we could have some more small plans and kind of even it out a little bit. No, I think... Um, you know, one of our goals is to both be full-time entrepreneurs very soon. Yeah. Um, right now, you know, Taylor's still working a W-2 job, but we're optimistic that that's something that uh, we're going to be able to transition out of as soon as we can. Um, I think, you know, our long-term goal is to be able to have some international properties. Um, Very cool. We love to travel. And so uh, that's kind of always been sort of the long-term goal is to have a place uh, internationally that we can kind of treat the same as Mm -hmm. our own. Mm -hmm. Um, I think uh, as far as, you know, I would love to be able to turn my phone notifications off for a couple hours. 
That's, that would be a short-term that's a, goal. That's a reasonable request. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, that's the part of entrepreneurship. Yeah. You know, we could talk in, in platitudes, but that is one that um, – and that's, you know, you kind of set these milestones for yourself. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I know I'll be successful when, um, and that's one for me. Like when I can get to the point where um, I can bring somebody on board or have my automation set up to the point that I can truly go off grid for a couple hours. Um, that's kind of my next measurement of success. What are you, Taylor? Well, I always told you when we started the business, the goal wasn't for uh, money, although that's great, but um, it was... We started the business in my eyes so that we could buy a house in Norway on a fjord while I drink coffee and look out at the whales. <laughs> it's <laughs> and a then beautiful goal. I don't know what comes after that, but that was the goal. <laughs> at least in my eyes. So. Yeah, wonderful. Well, what's a piece of advice that you would give to somebody considering starting a business mm-hmm. and maybe specific advice for people considering jumping into the property industry? Um, I would just say uh, just do it. It it takes a lot of courage. Um, I second guess myself uh, quite a bit, and um, because I've done this, I uh, don't necessarily do that anymore. What if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? Well, it probably will, but because I've went through it now, I can get through those issues and uh, press on. So, just do it. For sure. And I think for me, I mean, this sounds cliche, but I think it's sometimes things are cliche because they're true. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. If you go into things with the correct motives and um, feeling like your decision making is focused on integrity first, mm-hmm. um, I think that that informs a lot of your um decision-making and going down the correct path. And secondarily, and and probably to the largest degree, we have been so fortunate to be able to surround ourselves with really incredible, smart uh, entrepreneurs themselves Mm -hmm. um, who have really been able to kind of offer us advice um, and be able to kind of help us grow our network in a way that's been really meaningful. it, it is so true that it is never what you know, especially <laughs> in a community like ours. Yeah. Um, and because of that, you know, the ability to just kind of stay open to opportunities, but also to not be afraid to ask other folks how they've operated their business and mm-hmm. what got them there. Mm-hmm. And then I think the third part of that is then you have to pay it forward. You absolutely have to because there were people that went before us and kind of stuck their necks out to vouch for us. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be able to kind of continue to pass that forward uh, in a way that's meaningful to others. So um, I think kind of all three of those portions are what has allowed us to be successful up until this point, And I hope is what will allow us to continue to be successful in the future. Amazing. Well, outside of work, I know you don't have a lot of time based on what you said. Uh, what are some of your hobbies and interests? Uh, we have a sailboat. We do. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so we learn how to sail. We're not very good at sailing. I would say we're learning <laughs> but, uh, how to sail. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we're not very competitive or like uh, professional about it. It's just uh, something we can relax in and uh, have a, a couple beverages on. Yeah. Yeah. 
That sounds delightful. I like to horseback ride. Um, we like to camp and travel. One of the beautiful things about um, sort of being hospitality professionals is uh, it makes it uh, pretty easy to plan business trips. Yeah, I bet. Um, <laughs> because we can always go uh, kind of check out other markets and see what's going on there and learn from other people uh, by using their product, in our cases, mm-hmm. renting a short-term rental. Um I, I think though those are probably the two main things that we do uh, for enjoyment and also just spending time with friends, you know. We've got a group that we've been playing poker with since high school. Um, and so being able to kind of get together with folks that we've known for so many years uh, and have known us and been able to kind of be along this crazy mm-hmm. ride with us, that's something that is really meaningful too. Well, awesome. Thank you both for sharing your story with me and for being on the show. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Thanks so much to Becca and Taylor for sharing their story. You can learn more about NoGo Homes by clicking the link in our show notes. And thank you for tuning into the podcast today. We are so appreciative of your time spent listening and of your support of our work here at Collider. If you know an entrepreneur who would benefit from the conversation today, please share this podcast with them so that they can benefit from the experience of other business owners in the community. We launched Rochester Rising in 2016 to tell stories of entrepreneurship taking place within the city of Rochester, especially stories that otherwise would not have been told, and to take the time to understand each entrepreneur and what their experience has been like in this community. If you find value in this podcast, please consider donating and lending support to Collider's efforts to share the stories of Rochester entrepreneurs and inspire others on their journey. You can find more information about our tip jar and how to donate in our show notes. Thanks for tuning into the Rochester Rising podcast.